Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR, talent, and leadership communities to you. For more episodes and the latest articles covering what's new in the world of work, visit hrgazette.com, subscribe and follow us on social media. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this episode, we're going to chat about the HR Tech Conference, which is happening this week. And we're going to focus on best practices to onboard and retain employees. My returning guest today is Thomas Matthew Cockle-Pally, Senior Director and Partner over at EmpTrust HR, a software technology company that provides HR solutions and services in over 40 countries. Thomas and his team are at the HR Tech Conference as we speak right now, so uh, you should absolutely check those guys out at the event, and there will be links in the show notes. Hey, Thomas, it's my pleasure to welcome you back to the show. How are you doing today? Very good, um, Bill. It's always a pleasure to come back to the show to talk to you again. Uh, it's um, always a wonderful experience trying to learn from you as well as from what I see with your shows. It's always a great time to actually listen in and learn something um, that we can. Well, thank you, Thomas. Every download counts. So thank you very much. Um, okay, so let's get into it today. Firstly, Emptrust HR pursued a very aggressive policy of hiring in 2022. So congratulations on that to start with. What were some of the challenges when trying to attract top talent during the great resignation? Well, I think uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, we did try. Uh, and in fact, we are in the midst of doing what we call a major scale up of our business. And we have been hiring across uh, all of our information technology positions and our sales and support positions. Um, some jobs have more challenges, as you might agree with. Uh, it's been very hard for us, I think, to find the right people with the right technology skills because there's so much of demand for them, especially in the high technology space. Uh, things that we do find, um, you know, is to find the right combination of experience and the technical knowledge. Um, sometimes the, the ability to make an offer and know that they're actually going to be joining is a different challenge because we have, I think, had a couple of no-shows in our technology operations. And I, and I think it's also because, you know, there's so much of opportunity for people who are looking for jobs out there, right? Uh, the Great Resignation has taken out what I would call senior leadership. Um, so one of our challenges has always been for us to come in and staff senior positions, I would say, in our sales positions and I would say in our technology positions where there's so much a demand for the right people with the right skills. So I think it's common across the board for a lot of companies. Okay, thank you, Thomas. So the latest labor market figures uh, from July 2022, as we record this interview, they, they showed that there were 528,000 new jobs created in the US in that month. Um, and so those figures suggest that jobs are still actually easy to come by. But as you know, we are all expecting that to, to change uh, in the next quarter and certainly in 2023. What, what are some of the unique challenges of onboarding employees during times of uncertainty? Well, I think there is... Um... A lot of discussions about are we in a recession today or, you know, what's the definition of a recession? When we look at the market, uh, you know, granted that we were looking to aggressively hire, uh, we had to look back and say, you know, is this sustainable uh, for us in terms of hiring new people on, especially if the market is going to weaken? 
we are projecting sales to happen. Uh, but when we see bigger companies, you know, you know, maybe pulling back on the hiring strategies, uh, we do tend to think is it's a wiser decision to continue to hire at the scale that we are doing. Right. So that's always something we do have to look out for. Having said that, um, you know, we decided to proceed with our hiring. We did actually um, try to say, Dad, do we want to spread them out a little bit more just because of the uncertainty out there to say instead of maybe having somebody start in July, should we have somebody start in August if you get a better feel for the market? So you're always hedging a little bit in that sense. Now, some of the challenges that we face during remote onboarding to your second part of your question is also the fact that we are hiring not really locally from where our offices are, but with remote work comes the opportunity to hire qualified candidates at scale in different parts of the world, right? And even in parts of the world. So today we have been looking at actually uh, onboarding candidates in Costa Rica as well as in the Philippines. Um, that's been a challenge in a sense because onboarding employees that remotely training challenges, time zone challenges are always there. Uh, we are also dealing with the fact that earlier we could bring everybody into an office where you could give them orientation, tell them everything about the company, the culture, what our process is. Now we need somebody more dedicated to training them remotely, and it doesn't have the same feel of being in, you know, in an in-house orientation. Uh, the fact that newer employees coming in hasn't don't have the capacity to mix to mingle to have water cooler conversations, I think creates for more of a disconnect uh, that leads you, I think, to are they really engaged in the process or are we doing the right thing in terms of training them within the platform? So a lot of things to think about, you know, when we are looking at in terms of where, you know, onboarding candidates today compared to a couple of years ago where it was so much easier to bring people on together onto one site and just engage with them over there. Okay, thank you. Here's the thing. Wages keep going up despite this uncertainty that we were just speaking about, Thomas. Um, do you think? Do you think that that's sustainable? Well, I think the short answer is no. Uh, I don't think companies can expect to pay, at least from our from our perspective, continue to increase our wage band. So I would say the answer is no. Okay, thank you. So, Thomas, new skills are are the top growth competency for recruiters at the moment, and these skills are focused on DEI making decisions and learning how to use an HR strategy. Tell me, tell me more about how recruiting has dramatically changed over the past few years, you know, specifically since, since the start of uh, the pandemic. And will an, will an impending recession, Thomas, change hiring practices and, and the, the skills that companies are seeking? That's a good question. So when we look at it, you know, we are, do, uh, we are seeing changes in how we approach our recruiting. Uh, what we might have done with what you call um, a slightly older generation, baby boomers versus what we call Generation C, which is the, and the millennials, we are seeing changes in how we can attract them as part of our recruiting process. Um, uh, a lot of the younger generation that comes about is already well aware of diversity and inclusion. Uh, looking for pay equity across genders, right? So one of the things we did actually make a focus area in terms of a practice was to state out our policies well enough uh, to make sure that people understood 
um, and uh, during our offer stage itself that we don't have disparity based on gender. Uh, people are compensated well based on the experience and their skills, uh, um, as well as the knowledge of what they bring to the table rather than looking at you know, any of the other factors that could possibly be considered, uh, which should not be a factor when you consider how much you want to pay somebody who's very competent for the skills that they bring to the table. Now, having said that, um, you know, one of your questions was, you know, as these changes are going on, uh, it has helped us to be more culturally aware. Uh, and what we have very actively tried to do was to make sure that we recruit uh, you know, a very diverse set of people uh, trying to mix up the, you know, the type of employees that we come in to encourage the interaction. And I think you'll see it's been reflected um, in, in the type of employee mix that we have brought together over the last couple of years or so. Um, recession changes that you're talking about for what companies are trying to scale, you know, what are we looking for? Uh, you know, we are looking for employees, especially in the type of positions who find it much more easy to engage, uh, who do have better communication skills, which I think goes without saying, uh, who are more culturally sensitive in terms of how um, we are absolutely doing this, in terms of you know bringing somebody in. So the cultural fit of who we are as a company, how they fit into the company, has really become more important you know, not only to the employees coming in, but also for us as a focus area to make sure that companies, um, you know, the employees that come into a company do get the feel that they are actually being rewarded based on their performance and on any other other criteria that we have. So, Thomas, one of the big positives from the pandemic was a widening of the talent pool, of course, and regular listeners of this show will know that I'm a huge advocate for exactly that. Um, how does Emp Trust HR accelerate hiring processes for remote hires? Uh, with options ranging from self-registered agents, notary network, um, and and locally based help as well. So, for example, for those in the US, you guys help with scheduling visits to the closest I nine verification centers. That is correct, right? So we do, uh, you know, we do help companies with uh, remote verification. It's a required element, you know, when you're hiring in the US to do complete what we call a form I nine. With the Form I-9, one of the requirements is that you complete a verification and determine workforce eligibility to work in the U.S., whether they come in as a citizen or they're coming in under, uh, let's say, a visa program uh, that is granted by USCIS. You always have to verify are they eligible to work within the U.S. It's required from all employers within, within this country. Uh, so our solution actually helps employees, employers actually, uh, to complete it using uh, all of these different services where they'll verify the documents, where they will complete out the required forms and actually upload the documents that are required in terms of record keeping within the system. Now, part of the challenge has always been, right, uh, with the pandemic especially, you know, the widening of the talent pool is allowing people to hire remotely at scale, right? A lot of companies are hiring remotely without having to have them come into the, uh, to the office. And primarily because of that, you know, earlier where they would meet with an HR person to complete this work today, they actually don't have that as an option. In fact, we found that one of the largest beverages 
uh, food and beverages company uh, decided to eliminate that in-person requirement and go completely remote where their chart team members were working remotely during the pandemic. And they needed a solution that would help them to actually verify section two of the form or maybe even a section three of the form were a work uh, visa that had uh, expired, got renewed by UCI. So um, the fact of the matter is that these were challenges that companies had to face and we had to come up with different options where we could provide an agent to actually, you know, to complete section two or section three of the form. Okay, so despite this widening talent pool, Thomas, that we've been talking about, uh, the reality is that many companies continue to prefer to do hire internally. In your opinion, why is this the case? I think the reasons are pretty straightforward here, Bill. Uh, we do find that employees internally, if we can promote them, provide them that internal mobility, already comes with a process knowledge. They already know how the systems work. They know the people to make this happen. So we do find that internal employees sometimes are really a better fit for if it's something that they can easily scale up or have the right skills, it's something they can do. The challenges with you know bringing somebody on is the time that we have to spend training them. I think a lot of companies you know will recognize it takes maybe more than a couple of months to bring the right person on. Uh, fact that they have to be trained on new systems to get exposure to you, how you um, you know uh, set up your policies, how do you respond to customer service demands? Uh, if you are hiring in a technology position, they may have some programming skill in a specific niche but they have to still learn the platform and how we have done it. Um, so it does take time for a new employee to get really up to speed. So when you look at the average cost of a hire, the fact that on an average we spend upwards of three months or more training a new hire to get up to speed is a cost that we actually have to look at it. So on an average, if you take a look at some of our technology positions, I would say over a period of three months, we would have spent upward of you know twenty thousand dollars on training the employee before they're fully protective. So costs is also a factor uh, when we are taking a look at bringing an employee on from outside. Okay, now I'd like to talk about uh, one of the key features of uh, Emtrust HR, and that's the HR Policy Hub. Uh, I'd love to ask you now: How does Emtrust HR help HR teams ensure policies remain compliant and in line? with the latest local, state, and federal regulations. Okay. Well, this is one of the key features of our platform that we provide today. And the reason it really comes about because we see there's a demand, especially with the distributed workforce, uh, especially with people working across different countries and different regions, that you need a quick um, and an effective media uh, or a medium to actually communicate changes in policy. Um, in a, a, a handbook policy change may not mean much to you, uh, but if that's not disseminated out to an employee and the impact that it may have uh, when you face um, a regulatory challenge or the employee is dissatisfied and files a case against you, uh, is something that you have to protect always within the company. So what the HR Policy Hub does is really provide, number one, 
all of the updated state and federal regulations, um, both at the country level, as well as the state and local level, that if you have got somebody working in the state of Maryland or in California for that matter, any changes in laws and regulations, federal notices, state notices that are available are automatically distributed. Some states do have a requirement that not only do you need to distribute it and distribute these notices to them, but also have a signature on file that you actually provided it. There are record keeping requirements, like for example, in the state of Washington, DC, which says certain documents for a tipped employee or people working in the fast food industry have to be kept for seven years on file that you actually distributed it to them and they actually signed those documents. Hourly wage notices are things that have had a lot of changes over the last couple of years or so. So when you look at the totality of things can affect a company. When you have a distributed workforce of let's say 100 to 200,000 employees, it's not very effective in terms of actually distributing it in terms of paper forms that you can mail out to them and then collecting it back. So the fact that we can make all of that electronic the fact that we can have automated distribution based on the email, the work email address, as well as the personal email addresses, or even receive an SMS text that will allow them to quickly see where the policies are, what changes in policies are, how it is going to affect them. The fact that you can get an electronic signature, like the old MasterCard saying, priceless. Okay, Thomas, so how can leaders in HR pros effectively track satisfaction and engagement levels of fully remote employees? I'm not sure I'm the right person to actually answer this, but I think we have used some strategies to engage our remote workforce, to keep them engaged, to keep them connected. One of the things that we did do is to create what we call an engagement portal or what we call a portal that, you know, all of the news of the company is being shared. We also created something where, you know, achievements, things that, you know, people are doing. Uh, we made it very much like a social media portal where uh, you know, employees can contribute, um, you know, little things that they are doing, uh, continue to connect with each other uh, in our internal portals. We also created a little bit of gamification of games, you know, that we do every week, uh, which really got them engaged. And the prices are really simple, right? So we, for example, every week we have a general knowledge uh, quest that we did and we said, hey, anybody who answers that within the next uh, one day, which is the correct answer, uh, is going to give a little price out of Amazon. So keep them guessing. A um, lot of things that might be uh, things that they can, and it doesn't need to be from HR. It doesn't need to be about their work. It could be um, something that might be an interesting article that somebody wanted a question about. And we really try to keep that something short and sweet so it doesn't take a lot of time for employees to actually answer something like that. And what we did see is we were able to get, I would say, an almost a 90% participation across employer employee base as such in terms of getting them engaged. The other thing that we have done in terms of finding out what their aspirations are, in terms of finding out, you know, their job satisfaction is we started this process of creating very regular feedback uh, through what we call a forms management process where 
you can me measure satisfaction about related things and we can then go back and actually engage with the employee to see what can we do to improve the process. So a lot of feedback, uh, allowing the employees to communicate freely. Uh, we also started to do a lot more stand-up meetings, which are now remote, which are daily in the sense that we do you know, a daily stand-up meeting and then we have an end of the day kind of a quick wrap-up just to see you know these teams are able to meet. So even if they're not meeting in person, these are virtual meetings that are happening today. Perfect. Thank you. Thomas, just two more questions for you for today. And the next one, the next one's around um, as we as we uh, are launching this episode, it's happening almost immediately. And that's the uh, HR Tech Conference and Expo. Uh, you guys are going to be there. It's happening September 13th to September 15th. You guys are going to be at booth 1109. Listen, that listeners, that's 1109. Be there or be a rectangle. Please do stop by and say hello to, to the Emp Trust HR team. Uh, they're a great bunch. Uh, Thomas, tell us a bit more about why you guys are getting involved with the HR Tech Conference and Expo and what folks who stop by your booth can expect. Well, HR Tech is one of the largest conferences that you have for the HR Tech industry. That's where all of the majors, all of the leaders in the space come to. Uh, to exhibit their latest and their greatest and the most innovative changes that they're doing with the product. We think we are one of the leaders in the global employee onboarding space. Our solutions are very different. Uh, you will find this year we have had a totally new release. We call it the next generation of employee onboarding software. Uh, we have created um, a platform um, that will engage employees based on their position, which country that they are in, which sites they are in, what departments that they are in. So they're getting content and information that is most relevant to them, um, you know, as part of your employee onboarding process. The other things that we have done within the platform is that we continue to improve on how we intake the employee's information into the platform or tie it up to a workday or an SAP success factor or to an Oracle Fusion platform. Because with these integration plugs that we have developed, not only are we creating both, you know, standard information sets that we can derive from the employees that needs to populate some of these major ERP systems, but in terms of the company's ability to create custom fonts, custom policies, uh, engage the employee with electronic signatures and get the required sign-off and HR policies, that's something we do very, very well. The flip side of it is getting ready for the employee, assigning a mentor, making sure that they're work buddy that they can work with, especially during these days of remote employees where you don't get that physical interaction, to have somebody to reach out to, to get them engaged in the process. It's something that we are doing very well in this platform. So the reasons we are exhibiting, number one, we believe we are a leader in the space. We want to show companies that here are some new changes that are coming through that is helping you to stay compliant, helping you to engage your employees. And regardless of where your employees are, uh, whether they, you know, they want to do an employee onboarding in English or Spanish or French or Chinese Mandarin or any of the languages out there, you're creating a totally engaging experience for the employee you know, totally transforming the employee's experience as they come into the company. So for all of these reasons, 
those are the reasons we are exhibiting. Perfect. And just finally for today, Thomas, how can our listeners connect with you? Uh, so maybe you want to share your email address, LinkedIn, wherever you'd like folks to find you. And also, of course, how can they learn more about Emptrust HR? So the easiest way to learn about Emptrust is absolutely go on to our website, uh, www.emptrust.com, engage, manage, protect, emptrust.com. Take a look at the solutions we offer. Reach out via you know, one of the forms that we have out there. Uh, you can also, you know, connect with our team members on our LinkedIn profiles, uh, which is also a great way to actually connect with them. So if you're looking to improve your employee onboarding process, improve your compliance across your Form I-9 process, or help to, you know, uh, to improve maybe uh, your even your talent acquisition process, you know, we are there for you. Right. So great solutions. Always, you know, www.emtrust.com is the best way to learn about our solutions. Wonderful. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Thomas, my friend, thank you very much for joining me again on the HR Chat Show. Well, my pleasure as always. Thank you for having us on the show. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HR Chat Podcast. There are hundreds of conversations with business experts available for free on the HR Gazette website, Apple, Spotify, and all the main platforms. And remember to like, subscribe, and follow us on social media.